This episode is brought to you by Prima, a broad spectrum CBD wellness company. Did you know that 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are for stress-related issues? Many of us are operating in survival mode, expecting our skin, bodies, and minds to thrive when we're running on empty, especially this past year going through this pandemic. I believe that. I feel like everything is stress-related. So to change this reality, we really love this new purpose-led California-based hemp CBD brand Prima. They are dedicated to helping you rise above modern day stress so every day is a little bit better with their doctor-formulated, clinically validated, high-performance products for the skin, body, and mind. Prima has a wide selection of products. If you're not sure where to start, you can try Prima's The Daily CBD capsules to help relieve daily stress. Or if you're in need of a restful night's sleep, because I know we all need that, without waking up groggy the next morning, Sleep Tight, one of their newer products, will give you the sleep you've been dreaming of. Or as you've heard me talk about, my personal fave, their bath gem, aka the golden ingredient in a self-care bath night. Or John's favorite that we've talked about on this episode, the brain fuel, which combines CBD and lion's mane all in one for a quick elixir. Lucky for us, Prima is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time 15% off offer with the code FADISH, that's F-A-D-I-S-H. So head over and get your CBD products at Prima.co, that's P-R-I-M-A dot C-O, and feel better every day. Fetish. We've done like 50 plus episodes. Oh my god, go us. I know. Wow. And go all our listeners. Yeah, thank who have you, been listeners. on this journey with us. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone who's new, I'm Nikita. And I'm Mia. And we bring you episodes on fads and fad lifestyle stuff, fad diets. We haven't done like a clothing one really. Have no. we talked about skinny jeans on here? How do oh, we? No. All the, like, Gen Z versus millennial things. Yeah. (laughs) I felt pretty attacked by it. So I went to Nordstrom Rack and I tried on 15 pairs of non-skinny jeans. Mm. And, like, they did not fit me. And so I will be wearing skinny jeans. It's funny because without or before all of this stuff, like, I stopped wearing skinny jeans. I have a couple pairs, but, like, I stopped wearing skinny jeans, like, years ago. And then my hair is middle-parted. So I'm basically a Gen Z person without trying that's true i feel like but i also think too that gen z is being annoying about it because it was a thing before like it's like what the what are people like slightly older than us were doing when they were kids so like i think also some body types just can't wear certain kind of jeans oh 100 i have one pair of kind of straightish leg jeans and they're like the only ones that fit me Right, but the rest, like, give me a camel toe or like, yeah, you just gotta look bad or you basically just have yeah. to find the pair of jeans that fit you right and then go with that. Yeah, <laughs> and like, so, like, okay, it doesn't fit my waist, but fits my legs or like mm-hmm. vice versa. It's just difficult. And yeah, with the part, I've had a middle part for so long, yeah. and 
like so did like Jennifer Aniston and friends. So like True. kids can get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it is funny though, the all of the Gen Z versus millennials. I was like, is it just me or Gen Z pretty like hostile? Yeah. <laughs> like they like really like to fight. I feel. There's so, so many like funny things like Gen Z hates when people like hates bullies, but then they like to bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's so true. Also, they, they're they like bringing in the clip, you know, the hair clip that oh, like yeah, yeah. I had as a kid. Yeah. Um, it's like that big hair clip to put your hair up. Like we did that. <laughs> and probably before us, they did it in like yeah, my mom did whatever that. year. Exactly. Yeah, my mom is always like, yeah, the fashion is like repeating itself, which is so true. Yeah, and so, does. you know what, Gen Z, sit down. I will say though, as you all know, I love TikTok, and they make such good content. They're so funny. (laughs) Like, so funny. I will say, yeah. But that's – don't you kind of feel like that's, like, what we were at some point? Like, our generation was good at making vines. Do you remember vines? Oh, yeah. On on TikTok, there'll always be comments like, ooh, this one has vine energy. There's certain TikToks that are, like, vines, and they're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's, like – it's, like, they take it to – as years go on, it goes to another level. But we, I feel like we're all one in the same. Everyone just like, <laughs> kumbaya, you know, just kumbaya. like be in it together. <laughs> why Why do we have to hate on each other? <laughs> all right. Well, we're not here to talk about yeah. Gen Z. We're here to talk about intermittent fasting. So this one was requested, requested. <laughs> by quite a few listeners. So we're excited to bring it to you guys as our finale of the season. Um, Mia tried it out. She's tried it out in the past. I've never tried it out, and I did the research. I'm excited to share it with you all. I'm very, very excited. I know very minimal information about what I just did for a month. (laughs) Great. Okay, so I used John Hopkins Medicine, Harvard Medical, and Healthline as the sources to run through. Healthline is when we just love to use at all times, so we had had to bring it in. It's really funny because I feel like I say intermittent fasting but I sometimes I'm like is it intermittent is okay. it inner is it I-N-N-E-R this is <laughs> complete sidetrack but there's a again TikTok there's a viral like thing fad or thing going around TikTok that if you're from California you don't say your T's so like Santa Monica instead of Santa Monica um, uh. and like intermittent fasting intermittent fasting intermittent intermittent yeah it's, or like huntington yeah. beach huntington yeah that is true i was huntington. like that's so true i literally never say in my t's so that could just be there our this, accent there is a poll of like i don't i i think we've done it together before but it's like it's not a poll it's like the survey that some newspaper came out with and it's like mm. take this thing and we'll find out where you're from based off of how you answer like have you ever heard of certain worlds words called different things yeah and then they'll they'll be i got pasadena yeah that's wild yeah so we'll share it if i can find it it's from like four (laughs) years ago but it's very good um okay so intermittent also our mic picks up on like words we pronounce a little too much so sorry (laughs) apologies if it does (laughs) but yeah so it's i-n-t-e-r-m-i-t-t-e-n-t intermittent for anyone who wasn't sure what it is it's basically an eating plan 
that switches between fasting and eating on a regular schedule. The reason people do it is that it's supposed to manage your weight and could help prevent or even reverse some forms of diseases. But the main difference between this type of fad and some other fads is a lot of the other quote-unquote diet fads are focused on what you eat, but intermittent fasting is focused on when you eat. Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest difference. It's not necessarily a food change. And so with intermittent fasting, you're really only eating during certain times. And it can be, there's multiple different ways of doing the fasting. So the different types of ways that you can do it are, you can do 16-8, which is I think the most common. And what that means is that for 16 out of 24 hours, you are fasting and then you have an eight hour window where you are eating. Your eating window is when you can fit in your two, three or more meals. However much you eat, you would just eat during that eight hour period. This is also known as the lean gains protocol and it was most popularized by a fitness expert named Martin Burkhan. Doing this form of it is actually probably the most simple because depending on what window of time you're choosing, you can basically say like, I don't eat anything after dinner and I just get breakfast. So like that psychologically seems kind of like the, the easiest one. The one thing I thought was interesting about this that they were mentioning a little bit about women doing the 16-8 and they said it's generally recommended that women only fast for 14 hours because they seem to do better with slightly shorter fasts. So that was one thing that I thought was interesting. I appreciate Um, that they put that in there because this is also another kind of sidetrack, but on a podcast I was listening to, they had, I forget what she was, but some sort of medical expert and they were talking about Johnson and Johnson being pulled And then they were just talking Uh in general about how, like, vaccine, medication, diets are all based off of white males. And there's not studies on, like, how it affects women and people of color. But I like that they put that in because it is different for women and men. Exactly. So kind of the summary of the 16-8 method involves 16 hours for men and 14 to 15 for women. And then each day you restrict your eating to eight to 10 hour window during which you fit in your meal. So I think that's where they give you flexibility. Um, So that's, again, the most common type of intermittent fasting. And then the second one is the 5-2 diet. And this one seems like a little bit crazy for me. (laughs) So what the 5-2 diet means is that five days a week you eat normally. Like you eat whatever, like you do now, you eat at whatever times you want, you do what you do. But two days a week you limit your calories and you are basically only having one meal. And so while you're restricting your calories on those two days, women consume should only get 500 calories and then men can consume 600 calories. So you're basically Whoa. like fasting All for day. a day almost. Yeah, so this is again like you can also do like two smaller meals, like a little 250 cal <laughs> and then another little 250 cal um, or, you know, so 300 300 for men so that one it doesn't matter what time you eat the like 500 600 calories it's just you can only eat that much in those two days a week okay yep um and so there isn't and i'm gonna touch on kind of the science that we have and research that we do have but there isn't a ton on this specific there isn't ones that separate 
for different types of the diet, if that makes sense. So, like, it's not, like, 5-2 is better than 16-8. It's just, like, there's studies on intermittent fasting and... We'll touch on that okay. after after I run through the, the types. Okay, so the third type is eat, stop, eat. Very similar to the 5-2. And what this one is, is that eat normal five days a week, but two days you do not eat anything. You have, you're mm-hmm. in your fasting window. Okay. And during your fasting window, the things you can have are water, tea, coffee, anything that's like no calorie, you can have. Um, so... No, don't put sugar in anything. Don't. You can put a little bit of cream if you need, but that's kind of it gotcha. in your in your coffee. But that's kind of it. And then they did mention that the potential downside of this method is that a full twenty four hour fast may be fairly difficult for a lot of people, and you don't need to go all in right away. So like, you should probably just start with like a fourteen to sixteen hour. That makes sense. And move up from there as you see as you want to. And then there's this other one that's the alternate day fasting and so this is basically you eat normally you 24-hour fast or only eat a few hundred calories and then you eat normally so every other day you alternate between eating normally and then you have a few hundred calories some of them allow like 500 calories 600 calories for the it's kind of like that five two but it's every other day okay and then The warrior diet, which I had never heard of, it was popularized by fitness expert Ori Hoffmeckler and involves eating small amounts of raw fruits and veggies during the day, but then eating one huge meal at night. And what's super interesting is what I read throughout kind of all of this intermittent fasting stuff was like, you're trying to control your eating window so that you're not eating so late at night, right? Like that's the biggest thing is eating late at night is what causes a lot of like weight gain so that's kind of what they're trying to prevent and so eating one large meal at night I think just means eat it later in the day so the warrior diet was one of the first popular diets to include a form of intermittent fasting to a diet right because you're eating mostly whole unprocessed food and then at night you just like show your dinner so whether that be at five six seven o'clock you're eating like this large Mm -hmm. dinner interesting that one was interesting to me and then there's one that like people do i just feel like i don't know how much i recommend this one and i'm not a medical professional but is the spontaneous meal skipping so like one day you just skip breakfast one day you skip dinner (laughs) and like i don't know but it's very conflicting because Some of the sources say that, like, you shouldn't be going such long periods of time without eating because your body then goes into starvation mode and then holds on to it rather than burning fat. But then other sources say, like, the starvation mode is a myth. I really hate this one because I think (laughs) it says, like, another option is to simply just skip meals from time to time, such as when you don't feel hungry or you're too busy to cook or eat. Like, no, I think if you're, like, too busy, you should still figure out how to eat right like it it would be one thing if it's like okay you're like consciously saying like I'm just going to have this window or I'm it I feel like it's very easy to fall into a bad habit by just being like I'm just not gonna eat here and there Um, yeah that one's interesting because it's not really fasting it's just skipping a meal exactly yeah so it's basically saying that like you fasted one day because you didn't eat until noon I don't know I think that one's like a little bit tougher for me because 
in order to get the benefits of intermittent fasting, it says you got to do it for like two to two to four weeks to like start and then like maintain that. And so that one to me just seemed like kind of bogus, but I thought I'd throw it in there. Okay. John Hopkins has a neuroscientist named Mark Matson, who's a PhD, who has studied intermittent fasting for 25 years. He wow. says our bodies have, I know, I, it's one of the older ones for sure. I mean, it, I didn't do a ton on the history here, but a lot of other cultures have been doing some form of fasting for hundreds of thousands of years. And so it's not something new, but the way we're doing it, I think, is just, you know, a fad. So he says that our body is basically evolved to be able to go without food for hours, days, and longer from like the olden times, like before humans really learned how to farm. They were hunters and gatherers. It said hunters. See? I didn't say hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Hunters (laughs) and gatherers (laughs) who evolved to survive and thrive for long periods without eating and that was mainly because they had to, right? So, like, we've biologically evolved to get to that point. And then even 50 years ago, it was easier to maintain this, like, healthy weight because that's the whole thing that we, I think we're struggling with now in the past 20 years, really, is, I'd argue even the past 10 years, is that there's this dietitian named Christy Williams. She's an RDN, like one of our fabs birds. Mm-hmm. And she said, back then there was no computers and TV shows turned off at 11 p.m. People stopped eating because they went to bed and portions were smaller. More people worked and played outside and in general just got more exercise, right? Like, I just think about even now, like, I, every day after school, I, when I was younger, I played outside with my cousins. Like, we had, lived on a cul-de-sac, we rode our bikes, we, like, played kickball, we just, like, played. We didn't. We watch TV here and there, but it wasn't, like, nonstop versus now I, I mean, we we don't have children, but I think that they <laughs> sit inside on their iPads. Like, right. I feel like the amount of kids I see outside compared to how many there could be is, like, pretty low. And then nowadays, TV, the internet, and other t- entertainment, like, games and chatting online and texting, you're, they're available 24-7s. And so we stay awake for longer we like are hooked on playing some games we're hooked on chatting with people and then you're sitting and snacking and you're just like doing that all day and all Mm -hmm. night and like you're it's just a completely different world that we're living in and so we've gone from a time in which we almost were a little bit more society was a little bit more forced into this like intermittent fasting and then now we're like we just eat all the time I do it I eat when I'm bored it's (laughs) it's a thing so you know it's so easy to like eat pretzels while I'm sitting at my desk working and so I think that's kind of like what has made this kind of come up in the forefront of how can we tackle what's happening Mm -hmm. to do what's best for you but also solve the root problem and ultimately extra calories and less activity joined together put you at risk of obesity type 2 diabetes heart disease and other illness and scientific studies are showing that intermittent fasting helps reverse these trends because oh, it's wow. helping you control when you're eating and therefore helping your body go into these like fat burning stages. So to kind of touch on how it works, there's a ton of different ways to do it like I just ran through. But the main thing that I'd 
focus on right now is that you're choosing regular time periods to eat and fast. And that's why, again, I don't like that last one where it's like sporadically skip meals because you're not choosing these time periods to eat or these time periods to fast. For instance, you could try the eight hour eating period and we'll kind of just stay on that one for a second. Okay, so after you have your eating window and then you're in your fasting, after your body has gone without food for hours, the body starts to exhaust its sugar and starts to burn fat. And so that's referred to as the metabolic switching. And so you're switching from what you ate to now what is stored as fat. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of goes into your fat reserves. And so intermittent fasting contrasts the normal eating pattern for most Americans. Someone is eating three meals a day plus snacks, and then they're not really being as active. Then every time they eat, they're running on those calories that they're currently eating. Again, that's your sugar stored rather than the fat that is stored. Okay. Makes sense. So that's the whole benefit is like you're going to eat during that window. And then when you're not in that window, it gives your body a chance to then go into the fat reserves instead of just burning the sugar at hand. Okay. The benefits really are that the intermittent fasting periods do more than burn fat. When the changes occur with the metabolic switch, it affects the body and the brain as well. The PhD guy I was talking about before, he published this finding in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it revealed data about a ton of benefits associated with intermittent fasting, including longer life, leaner body, and sharper mind. And so some things that happened is that thinking and memory improved. So it boosts working memory in animals and verbal memory in adult humans. So it like kind of defogs you. And then heart health, it can improve blood pressure and resting heart rate, as well as heart-related measurements. And then physical performance, young men who fasted for 16 hours showed fat loss while maintaining muscle mass. And then mice who were fed on alternate days showed better endurance in running. Mm. So this is like that, I forgot what it's called, but one of the other ones where you fast eat, fast eat. And then for diabetes and obesity, in animal studies, intermittent fasting prevented obesity. And in six brief studies, obese adult humans lost weight through intermittent fasting. Wow. So it's like something that's like continuously proved time and time again that like eating in this window allows for your body to have benefits not only physically, but for your mind, right. your body, your brain, all, all of it. All the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the like $100 question is like, is it safe? So right. like we always say, you really, this is one that you really, really, really should talk to your doctor um, <laughs> before trying out this one. Like, I think everyone tries it out. And I know we say t- to ask your doctor, but this one seems like there can be a lot of different things in your lifestyle that maybe don't benefit from this. If you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you have had a past of eating disorders, Also, children's and teens under the age of 18 should not try it. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, people with diabetes or blood sugar problems. Again, I think that's where you can talk to your doctor about the safe plan for you there. Who else should avoid it is if you're underweight, have low blood pressure, if you're on any medication, if you are a woman with a history of amenorrhea which I don't know what it means but if you have it I assume you would know (laughs) what I'm trying to say overall it's like mostly a safe thing but if you also have any kind of like hormonal imbalance blood sugar imbalance any of that you should really 
talk to your doctor because it's going to change. Got it. Change kind of the way the way your body is is working and how the cells are doing their things. And so I'm going to touch on what that really what that really means. <laughs> so how intermittent fasting affects your cells and your hormones. The main changes that are going to occur from this is to your human growth hormone. The levels of growth hormones skyrocket, increasing as much as fivefold, and that has the benefit of fat loss and muscle gain. That is something that happens. Again, that's why if you have a hormonal imbalance, really check before doing this because your hormones will skyrocket <laughs> in different directions. Um, another thing is insulin, insulin sensitivity. And in this, your insulin sensitivity improves and levels of insulin drop dramatically. And then that's lower insulin levels make stored body fat more accessible. So this is, again, where your body starts to burn the fat that you have. And then cellular repair. When you're fasting, your cells initiate a cellular repair process that includes autophagy. Autophagy. (laughs) Something. Where basically your cells digest and remove old proteins that build up inside your cells. And then the last thing is your gene expression. So there are changes in the function of genes related to longevity and protection against disease that also positively get improved by intermittent fasting. So that's kind of the science of of what's going on. The last thing I'll touch on is the Harvard Health blog did like this, had this contributor who's a doctor and she wrote about intermittent fasting back in 2018 and did an update in 2020 Mm -hmm. just because there was just like so much new research and it basically suggested that the timing of the fast is key and can make intermittent fasting a more realistic and sustainable and effective approach for weight loss as well as diabetic prevention. Her whole thing is basically like don't make it be so hard right don't do these Mm -hmm. ones that like are so unattainable um, that you just can't do it. And it's something that you do have to stick to for like a while. Right. So two to four weeks to start seeing a difference. And then also I think when you're coming, if you come out of it, it's like you don't get to just suddenly go back to eating junk food all the time and not moving and not, you know, I think it's like it's going to help you kickstart to get that weight loss and that those health benefits. And like you can do this. It seems safe to be doing for, like, longer periods of time. But I think the biggest thing really is, like, how do you make sure that you're eating the right things? I don't think you necessarily should be eating, like, super unhealthy things during your window as well. And then still, you know, leading a healthy lifestyle. Go for a walk. Try and get some steps in. All of the above that we always say to do. That was the research. Oh, really interesting. And I learned a lot. Yeah. I, during this, was like, should I maybe stop eating the way I eat? I eat really weirdly because I eat every two hours. Mm. I get hungry and I just eat every two hours. Whether, I mean, I eat a lot of snacks, but I do also have, I do not skip meals. I like, yeah. I just have eat that way. But I, again, I think this is why I keep saying, worth chatting with a doctor if you right. feel like you might be at risk or have any of those risk reasons that I mentioned. But yeah, I'm excited to hear about... How it went for you. When we come back, I'll share my experience. We are supported by Solana. Solana is a socially responsible footwear brand dedicated to the world's transition to sustainability. 
Their shoes are inspired by cultures around the world and impeccably crafted at a family-run atelier in the south of Spain using only vegan and sustainable materials. Their materials include 100% recycled fabrics, natural jute, and recycled ocean plastic, and they are some of the cutest shoes I own. I just wore them out to happy hour, and everyone was commenting on them. Yeah, it was a small happy hour. No one get too excited about (laughs) it. Just a a little little outing, and everyone was obsessed with them. Solana is a testament to the true espadrille heritage and to our planet. And our listeners get 20% off with the code FADISH20. That's F-A-D-I-S-H-2-0. So yeah, head on over to wearesolana.com. Get your own pair so you can look just like Nikita. Enjoy. Okay, we're back and ready to hear Mia's experience with intermittent fasting. Yes. This season was kind of hard for me in terms of planning when I was doing everything because I feel like I did a lot of like food diet related stuff because I did the matcha, I did the detox drink, and I did this one. So I had to really plan out because the matcha was replacing my coffee and I knew I was going to be adding milk to it and I wasn't sure if I could have matcha, you know, during intermittent. So I did that first and then, and then I think I did the TikTok cleanse before starting intermittent. But basically a lot of thought was put into this and when I would start because I knew I wanted to do at least a month of it. So like Nikita said, I'd done intermittent fasting, I want to say like four or five years ago. I don't really remember how it went or why I did it. I just remember doing it for a little bit. So I don't really have much to share about like my previous experience. But this time around, I didn't consult a doctor. But when Nikita and I were like talking about doing intermittent fasting, I did text Carson, who is a fad spurt on season one, who's an RDN, um, just to make sure it was okay to do. And she said, yes, I took that as my okay to do it. (laughs) The way I did it was the 16-8, like Nikita said, the most common one. And it's interesting to know now that I should be doing the 14-10. So maybe I'll like Mm -hmm. adjust moving forward. But so my times were 11.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And it honestly wasn't too hard in the morning for me because I'm not a breakfast person unless it's Sundays and I want pancakes. But typically (laughs) I don't really eat breakfast because I have coffee and that typically holds me over until lunch. I may need like a small snack before lunch, but usually I don't eat breakfast. That was something interesting that I saw in the research too was that coffee tends to be like a appetite suppressant. So Mm. that's also why people... I mean, coffee's allowed, but also it helps people with intermittent fasting because it... That's a big reason that helped me get to 11.32 in the morning instead of just having, like, water is I knew I could have my coffee. So typically my coffee, I'll drink, like, an iced cappuccino or, like, cappuccino. So this time around I was just doing cold brew. I did, like, a splash of milk occasionally, but I just stuck with the cold brew. So it was mainly coffee. And then it was funny because my coworker, Dwayne, had just done intermittent fasting. I talked to him pretty much every day, but when I was starting intermittent fasting, it'd be like 11 a.m. So I was like 30 minutes away from the time I could eat. And I would ping him and be like, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm hungry. He's like, you have 30 minutes. You can do it. I'm like, I know. I just, I need to tell someone. So I'm telling you. (laughs) That seems like the toughest part from everything I'm reading is like kind of what that Harvard 
blog said where I was like, don't like force yourself to jump off the deep end here because it's hard to mm-hmm. do the fast. Right. So yeah. I think that's that makes sense that it wasn't like smooth sailing for you. Yeah. I got over it pretty quickly, though there were some days where I woke up and was hungrier than others, which I think is pretty normal. But for the most part, like at 1130 was perfectly fine for me. So eating throughout the day, I'm not a big snacker as it is. I like eating bigger meals. So I didn't really snack throughout this either because that's not what I normally do. Um, So I basically would skip breakfast and just eat lunch at around like 11.30, 12 when I could eat. And that pretty much holds me over until like 4.30, I would typically start getting hungry. And this either is because of intermittent fasting or because I was home with my parents for a couple months and my dad eats dinner really early, so I adopted an early dinner schedule. So I would eat dinner around like 5, 5.30. Some days I'd be like hungry at 4. I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat dinner at (laughs) 4.30. So I'd eat dinner pretty early. Uh, So after dinner, I wouldn't really be hungry. And then by the time 7.30 came around... Like, I had to stop eating. So it also helped with, like, desserts, too. I'm not a big sweet tooth person, but I do like my occasional, like, little ice cream cone from Trader Joe's or, like, piece of chocolate at night. If I'm going to eat sweets, it's usually at night um, after dinner. But because I had to stop eating by 7.30, I pretty much never had dessert unless it was earlier. Yeah. And it was so annoying. My dad would come in and be like, do you want some ice cream? I'm like, I can't eat it. And he would just eat it in front of my face. It's so annoying. So yeah, that was my experience with the like time of it and eating. It wasn't hard. And I think that's because of a couple things. One, it's a pandemic. So I wasn't going out to dinner, except I'll explain in a little bit, a little side story. But like, I wasn't going out. I didn't really have much to do at night. So there wasn't any, like, temptations to eat past my 7.30 p.m. time, even on the weekends. Yeah. The only thing that kind of, like, threw a wrench in this whole thing is I was doing this right before I moved. And so before I moved, I was getting dinner, like, goodbye dinners with, like, a couple of my different friend groups. And, I mean, everyone works, so having an early dinner during the week isn't really feasible and like we all live in different parts of LA. <laughs> so I was had to be annoying and be like, can we do dinner at like six, six thirty? But even then, when you're at a restaurant, you're talking, like the food comes later, you're eating, like you're grazing almost. And then like if drinks yeah. are involved, I didn't want to like be annoying and have to pay attention to that while I'm saying like goodbye to my friends. So a couple nights I did eat past or mainly drink past the 7.30 mark because of the like dinners that I was doing to say goodbye to people. I feel like that would be the hardest part of this. So you talked about this briefly in the sleep one, but like if you're out and socializing, you're not one to like sacrifice Mm -hmm. socializing Um, versus I think like I would maybe for the sleep one, like I try to actually stop drinking by my three hour window cut off before bed right so I think it is definitely interesting to see like I think people definitely just have different preferences of like whatever today I'm just not going to do it and I kind of feel like a day here and there isn't the worst especially if you can do these like skip a meal (laughs) and I mean I guess I kind of almost did the 14 hour without thinking about it on those days where I you know ate an extra two hours longer than normal which I also think the 14 10 I think I do that 
naturally. Yeah. It's, I mean, the eight-hour one it depends on, like, what kind of eater you are, but it's really not that bad to yeah. you. So the 10-hour would be, I would say, pretty easy transition. Because that's, like, I mean, eight to six would be, like, a window, mm-hmm. or, like, nine to seven. Yeah, it's not bad. So that was the only time I really, like, cheated, I guess, is when I had those nights out. But other than that, I would say the whole month, so I did it a month, it's been, it wasn't that hard. I actually liked it. Now, it's been, I think, a couple weeks since I stopped. And again, it happened, like, right when I was moving. So when I came to the city, like, when I moved in, me and my mom went to dinner and got drinks. Like, I've gotten drinks with friends. So I was trying to just unconsciously continue it without being, like, hard on myself if I didn't, like, meet the 7.30 end date. And I pretty much have kept with the morning time. Besides coffee, which I'll now drink more milk, so that probably ruins it. But in the mornings, I don't eat until 11, 11.30. And then at night, because I still eat dinner pretty early, I can usually meet that. It just is, unless I, like, go out with friends or if I have a drink, that's what ruins the night part. So it's, it's, like, easy to maintain, again, aside from, like, socializing out. Um, in terms of noticing any like weight loss or anything, unfortunately I don't have a scale with me so I can, I couldn't see like <laughs> numbers wise, feeling wise, I feel like I haven't changed, which I guess that's good because I didn't gain weight, but I don't think I lost any significant like fat or weight. How do you feel like muscle definition's been? Cause that's allegedly something that happens with it too. Cause of the HGH spikes. Yeah, I don't really feel any. I don't physically, mentally, I don't feel anything different. Okay, that's the honest truth. Yeah. And maybe it's because I messed up. Are you going to continue bit. doing it, or like start again and try it? I think I'm going to try to do it on days where I know I'm not going out to dinner with friends or like having a drink with yeah. friends. Because like during the week, it's super easy to do. I mean, I feel like you could easily do, like, the 14. Yeah, if I switched to 14, I think that'd be better. Even if you did your 10 o'clock, I mean, your 10 hours starting at, like, 11, because that's how you are anyways, then, like, that's until 9 p.m. Yeah, that's true. that's so doable. Yeah, Yeah. I guess I could switch to that, and I could easily do that. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, this is very similar to the detox TikTok drink I did or cleanse. I didn't change my diet because I also wanted to see just based off of like yeah. just the fasting if that did anything. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, again, you don't need to lose weight. You did two weight loss ones this season. Yeah. <laughs> so how funny, but she doesn't need to lose weight. Thank you. <laughs> and neither do all of you. Everyone's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, that was interesting. I feel like that was a good a good one to end mm-hmm. on because I feel like everyone, everyone's at least heard of it if they haven't tried right. it. So now you all can try it and let us know. Talk to your doctor before. Yes. And before we sign off for the season, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us wherever you're listening now. Subscribe. Really helps us grow our audience and our reach and just makes my day Um, and if you have any stories (laughs) yeah if you have any stories that you want to send to us we can include it in our next mailbag um for anyone who's new it's our take on a mailbag where we read listener stories and you can email us at faddishpodcast at gmail.com and then also 
we have a Patreon, which we don't really advertise. Yeah, that thing gets deactivated all the time yeah. because we don't have any Patreon. But if you're feeling... So I'm actually not sure if that's active. We we'll should, check yeah. on it because we know you yeah. all want to be our patrons. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then also, if you have any fads you want us to try, let us know. Submit those for next season. Cool. Well, season exciting, five. Exciting time. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, until next time. Stay fantastic. Bye.